Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, like the boys say, well, you're listening to Winchester Radio. I'm still not tired of that intro. It's just so darn awesome. Um, let's listen again. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Okay. And again, I'm not going to lie. Our... I forgot about that. And right until right before it played, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I played it again then. So, you know, you could just sort of really savor it again the second time. Enjoy the nuances. Enjoy the nuances. Turn the voice. The order they speak. It's quite special. <laughs> um, uh, we do have a podcast this evening, and we're, uh, we have another episode to talk about, uh, season 10's second episode titled Reichenbach, um, written by Andrew Dobb and directed by Thomas Wright, uh, both longtime Supernatural family crew. Um, really spectacular episode, P- pretty amazing. Reichenbach? Who knows? Uh, it could be the Sherlock Holmes reference, could be the philosopher, could be the town. I can't even guess. <laughs> uh, someone going over the falls. I... Okay. Um, title as it is, I thought the episode was terrific. And things that bugged me about last week's episode, like the angel storyline, was totally the opposite this time. Um, I was interested and invested in Cassio and Hannah and um, even even nameless guardian angel sitting on the bench outside of the uh, elevator to heaven. You know, I just, I liked all of it. Uh, Sam and Dean were just above and beyond in this episode. I'm, I'm absolutely terrified of Dean and Dean. Um, he, he, he just scares me because he just doesn't care. And he doesn't care about anybody or anything. Uh, he doesn't care about Crowley. Nothing scares him. Um, he just, it reminded me again of, of, of last week talking about how he just seems to be happy to be rid of all his responsibilities. He doesn't want to rule hell. He doesn't want to be responsible for family. Nothing. And all of that, all that he knows and knowledge that he has as as a demon hunter and as a good guy, he's now twisting the other way and knowing exactly how to hurt the people he loves. Usually he saves that for the bad guys, the monsters. But now he's turning it into hurting the people Dean Winchester used to love. So... Yeah, and, and Sam, what Dean is doing, which, what Dean is doing is one of my favorite. I know I always reference Buffy. Uh, my favorite quotes, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes from Buffy by De Hoffren, It's never go for the kill when you can go for the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's always been one of my favorite quotes because I feel like true, like someone who's truly just dark and twisted evil, killing you mm-hmm. is a mercy. Just like just like Dean said, like that's putting you out of your misery. Misery. Yeah, is I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. I want to make you 
miserable. I want you to remember the rest of your life that despite you planned and for all your life, you lost it. You got your ass kicked. As soon as he said and that I at the end, ass. yeah, as soon as he said that at the end, exactly what I thought it was never go for the kill, you can go for the pain. Right. Right. And okay. I, and although I disagree, I don't think that it's a, I don't feel like Dean doesn't care because someone who doesn't care wouldn't wouldn't care if you suffer. He would put you out of your misery. I'm done with you. You're a fly. He cares enough to hate, and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. To be angry, to be just really messed up. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. Yeah. This episode, this, I felt that this episode was as near as perfect as you can get. The only, mm-hmm. There was only two nitpicks I had about the whole episode. One... I love the actor playing Cole. He's doing an awesome <laughs> he's job. He's so good. He's, but he's so, not 24. so good. He's not 24 years old. That's the only thing. I don't know why they didn't change the age of the character to match the actor. And that, they, that's they, my thing, too, because if they broke the story with a 24-year-old, I think the actor is good enough to where they should have changed the story around him to fit him. And I, I think the I think the casting is fantastic in terms of talent. I think he's really, really good, but he's not 24. Yeah, that that's my biggest nitpick. And then the other one, and it may be because I don't fully understand the storyline. I'm not sure, but okay. As far as we know, heaven's hmm. open, right? All the angels have went back to heaven. I'm guessing, except for the few that are you know down here using free will. Um, so why can't Hannah fly? Why does she still have to drive? That, because Cassie yeah. can't? Well, but well, she, she could do the same thing that Cassie's always, always done with, yeah. Cassie's always done that with the Winchesters. He just forehead zaps them to where he needs them to be. And so mm-hmm. why can't, like, I will totally get behind the fact that Cass can't fly because I will get, well, okay, let me ret- let me retract that. I have the same two tiny nitpicks that Peggy has, and I have one other. That's not this episode necessarily. It's the story. Is I don't understand why Cass is dying. I can fanwink why he's dying, but I don't actually, within the narrative, understand why he's dying. Because last time he didn't have grace, he was just human. And when Anna ripped her grace out, she just was reborn a human. So I don't understand why this grace is this loss of grace is killing him. Because they're not saying the grace is killing him; they're saying the dwindling of the grace is killing him. I don't hmm. get that. Although I will say that for that, I will understand that he can't fly for that reason, but I still don't get it. So, hmm. other than those two things, I thought the episode was absolutely perfect. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. confused about heaven, like, apparently the only way to get into heaven is through the portal still. So it's not fully open, I guess. But it sounds right. like from last week's episode, pretty much all the epi- all the angels are back except for a handful. So I guess mm-hmm. all of them went through the portal. And so, yeah, I've, you know, that's the only thing really I have questions about, which I'm assuming we'll get answers for, you know, as the mm-hmm. season moves on. We'll find out, you know, I'm really curious if the veil, you know, are the dead people still stuck in the veil, or are they, you know, Kevin, you know, everybody, are they allowed to go up there mm-hmm. now? That's a, that's another question I'm looking forward to getting an answer for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I 
I, I mean, the episode was so good that, you know, if you're going to nitpick, they're just little tiny things. Exactly. When, when Cass, exactly. Yeah. When, when Cass and uh, Hannah go to, uh, go to, up to heaven and Hannah's already up there and Cass is asleep and he gets up and he, and he chases down the little guardian angel sitting on the bench and she tells him Hannah took, took the express elevator and Cass says, where? To heaven? And I'm like, where else is this elevator going? <laughs> well, also, he sees the big giant symbol that he used himself to get to heaven. <laughs> like, oh, oh. I was like, where? To heaven? I'm like, where else? <laughs> is there an elevator and, that we don't know I'm about like, uh-huh. and it goes somewhere else? <laughs> and and speaking, of, topic, speaking of that scene in heaven, oh, my God, Hannah, uh, kick oh, ass. God. She was so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, just, I, fell, I fell in love with Hannah when she just you know, like, oh, was not taking any crap from Metatron. And I just, I just fell in love with her right then and there. And I know, and I love Crazy since last season. So I'm really happy just, that everyone else is getting on my bandwagon. <laughs> I like and that I love she, her just, outfit. she just smacked his face into the bars, you know, like, like, you know, don't talk to me like that. And she's dealing and she hates it. But you yeah. sort of understand. It's the same way Winchester's make a deal. You know, you know it's a bad idea. Like Cass says, it always ends badly. But you do it anyway. <laughs> so, right. but, so I'm glad you stopped her. And I like well, I, I Cass I, was pretty badass in that scene, too. And he tells yes. Metatron. Yeah, all three of them are fantastic. Happy all three of them. Yes. He tells, it, it, he tells Metatron, was, you rotting in jail is my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was probably one of the best angel scenes I've seen in a long time. It was so and, and good. From a Metatron standpoint, this is the first time where Metatron was speaking that I felt he was a valid villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. I, I was actually scared of him for for the first time, really. Yeah. I was like, why mm-hmm. aren't you just killing him? Why is he just mm-hmm. in prison? Why don't you this just was, kill yeah. him? This was the first time where I actually found him chilling. What he was saying, the mannerisms, the, the mm. cadence of his, of his words, all of it was the first time that I was like, "Oh, you actually are a, a formidable foe." Where before he was very much, much what I felt was the caricature of a villain. This felt like a villain. Yeah, there was early on in Metatron days. I I did think he was scary. As the season went on, I thought he became too cartoonish, and I I wasn't afraid anymore. But this. This brought me back. I was watching the up again and making notes, and I, my notes it says Metatron is scary again, and and he did. He came back around to that really scary personality, and you, like you said, he believed he's a villain again. So even though mm-hmm. I, I, you wonder why he's left alive, if he's going to stay like this, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I hope we get a good reason. I hope to know what to do, unless they want to leave him alive because and killing him would be like being like him. You know, it's like I'm, I'm not as quite that bad. I'm not going to go and do, and do what you are. That's the only thing I can come up with at the moment unless they want to save him for something. I don't know. But they left Gadriel alive and he had committed a Well, and they have to, too. I mean, logistically they have to have that story. They can't just wrap up that storyline in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. It's obvious he's going to extend. Uh, also, it was just 
because we were just talking about like the worst thing that Dean could have done to Cole was leave him alive knowing that he was beaten. Is that what the angels have done to Metatron? The worst thing they could do is leave him alive to let him stew on the fact that he lost? I don't I don't think that that's their, their I don't think that's their basis for it. I think they are trying to figure out where they stand in terms of punishment. Like are we are we who we hate? Do we just kill or do we it's like it's like a real society, you know. Before human mm-hmm. beings developed the idea of prison, you were just stoned to death for your your infractions. So mm-hmm. you know you have you you try to figure out like which is the right way to do things. Um, can we just talk about the torture scene with Sam and Cole? Oh, that oh, I don't. Jeez. <laughs> I don't yell or talk back to the TV that often, but oh, when he was wrenching the arm, oh, uh, I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, and just I know. every punch, every punch that Sam takes, and just takes and takes it, and but it also was very much a you never turn your back on a Winchester because you turn your back on a Winchester and they're going to get free and they're going. I mean, I want to. He's just I lucky that Sam did he do that on purpose? Did he do it on purpose no. to follow Sam? Are you sure? I don't think so. I don't think so. What? He was too pissed off at Sam that Sam actually got away. Oh, I think he did it on purpose. I totally think he did it on purpose. You know, I mean, he, the key was, was dropped he with a knife on his back to call. Yeah, He didn't plan for his family to call, so... Or yeah, but he, he did. If, what would he have done if nobody had called? I think he took advantage of the phone call to do it. Mm. Or found another I reason could. to step outside to his truck to get his get his favorite other hammer or something, you know, or, <laughs> you know, maybe just that well. I yeah. could be so, wrong. I could be, but, you know, he I didn't feel like he, it was on purpose. Yeah. That was a badass scene. Sam, Sam this entire episode was badass. So, I God, again, he's getting knocked out and thrown around, and I'm like, oh, Sam, again. Clock on the ground. Hmm? He needs a CT scan. Every time his head bounces off the floor, I cringe. Yes, yes. It's, it's really hard hard to watch that. I know it's TV, and that's why he keeps bouncing back, but it's it's really horrifying to see that. <laughs> and But, you know... Yeah. Huge credit to Jared, the combination of Jared's acting and the makeup department, because mm-hmm. I look at I look at Sam's face and it make I feel pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. I just worse like, with him squeezing the bad shoulder. I I uh, found myself wondering. I, I know it's acting and I know it's a stunt. I know uh, Travis Aaron Wade is not really hurting Jared. But he really is injured. He really is injured in that heart. I'm like, God, how do they do that? And he's really hurt. I know it's all acting, but it was just, it was just too much. <laughs> it was painful to watch. <laughs> it was too real. It was. And what, when he got the hammer and was putting it next to his knee, I was like, oh, uh, ah, I flinched yes. so hard. Because oh, that yeah. you you can't you can't come back from that, you know. So I was no. Like, oh, oh no. Oh, God. Sam's career as a hunter would be over. 
Yeah, and it's like, you know, rationally I knew they're not going to do that to Sam Winchester. You know, the show is yeah. done when Sam Winchester can no longer hunt. But, he would never mm-hmm. hunt or play football ever again. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's like, I was like, but still, it was like, ah, it was just scaring me to death. It, yeah, it, it was, was just so good. Yeah, there were a lot of cringing moments like that. I mean, so good you're cringing because they're so well done. Um, seeing, yeah. seeing, seeing Dean flip his eyes so many times this episode. Yeah. That was really unnerving. <laughs> it is. I loved it. I mean, I loved it. It was so creepy, but I loved it. It's like loving to be scared, you know. And Yeah. I was yeah. trying to put myself in, in Cole's place because we're sort of, sort of accustomed to seeing that effect, not on Dean, but trying to picture myself as Cole, who knows nothing of the supernatural world, and have that Dean's face right up in yours and then flip the eyes. I mean, imagine, imagine like, Finny doing that to you, Becky, you know, your friend, and you're, like, right. chatting or doing whatever, and then her eyes just flip black. I mean, what would you do? <laughs> oh, pass out right then and there. <laughs> and I'm like, Run away peeing my pants, one or the other. <laughs> All of that Although my the, favorite, the, the favorite when he did it, yeah, my favorite when he did it was when he was talking to Crowley, and he's, it's just so casual. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and then I like the line that Crowley has right after that, and he says, before, you know, just try to have your fun before Daddy takes the black eyes away. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that Crowley is acknowledging and, you know, you know, acknowledging it through Crowley's dialogue that, Obviously, that's what Sam's going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I like, I like that that was, you know, a nice way of weaving it in. I like when exposition is woven in without being so heavy-handed and blatant. Mm-hmm. That was well done. That was really well done. Um, and how how disturbing was it to see Dean doing Crowley's work and going to kill somebody? You know, mm. who you know, basically doing you know the crossroad demon work. You know, and after how many times you know Sam and Dean have sold their souls or tried to sell their souls, and you know went after crossroads demons, and then for him to actually be doing the job of a crossroads demon, that was just oh, it's like oh, that hurts my soul. I am slightly yeah. confused. I wish we would have gotten a better explanation of this. I, I like it that Dean ended up killing the husband instead, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the episode, you know, right after the the flashback scene, the episode opens with Dean being um, a misogynistic douche. And then he turns out and kills the guy for being a misogynistic douche. And it's kind of weird. And I get that part of it is that the guy was also challenging Dean you know, calling him a freak, and how awesome was it, uh, like, yes. for Dean to be a yes. freak for once. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the reaction phase that, that Jensen used for that was so perfect. Yeah, uh-huh. it was like, you, you could tell he's like, whoa, you know, I, you know, he's not used to being the freak, and yeah. Exactly. Right. So, but I thought yeah. that was, I would have liked a little more explanation on that. It almost felt like there was, like, a scene missing or something. Well, I but, felt that I felt that Dean killed the guy because he was 
trading Dean as an underling. You know, you work for me. You do this. You know, you're yeah, but he yeah. does also tell. But he does also tell him basically you're an asshole. Mhm. For the way he, you know, he he calls him out for it, and then yeah. yep. So I, I would have liked a little bit of explanation, but but I but you know, on the, in the same vein, how cool was the stripper at the beginning? Oh, she was she was so cool. She was like, and we're done here. I yep. loved her. I I mean, so few lines, but she was really good. Kudos to that actress. Yes, liked her a lot. What's a North Dakota eight? I'm wondering that too. That's not something I'm familiar with. It's a, apparently it's, I mean, it's a terrible somebody, thing. Go ahead. Somebody asked Kevin Parks about it on Twitter. And he was like, it's just basically slang. It's like, you know, a North Dakota 8 might be the equivalent of like a Los Angeles 4 or something, you know, like that. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I could come up with is that you're, if you're an 8 in North Dakota, you're probably a 4 somewhere else. And how sad right. oh, that makes sense. a 4 and a half in North Dakota. <laughs> no, <but laughs> I thought it was like a specific reference I wasn't getting. Yeah, that's my only guess, and I like that the Franklin and Bash Twitter like <laughs> thanks Supernatural for the shout out. <laughs> they oh. did. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Hey, thanks for the mention." <laughs> I yeah, <it> cute. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I. Uh, hmm. Somebody, somebody on my Twitter today linked to somebody else on Tumblr who'd done a, and I'm sorry for not mentioning names and giving credit. I'm really sorry, but if that's you, please tweet <laughs> and let us know. <laughs> um, but they had gone back and looked at like the 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 previews before the season even started, and they caught a tiny glimpse of Sam in a double trap. And a man standing in the background that looked a lot like Lester, and they proposed that Sam was having people do deals to attract the demons to attract demons. Ooh! I saw so somebody. That, well, I saw somebody linked to a post that had that screen cap as well. But the yeah, theory I, on the one that I the read was more that Sam was not forcing people to make deal, deals, but kind of. Uh, like sort of, I guess, writing the coattails of that deal just to mm-hmm. basically, like basically they were making the, the deal anyway. And well, the theory was that's that how, that how he captured Dar. Yeah, that's the the theory I read was that's what how he captured Dar. That Dar's a crossroads demon. Mhm. So that would be the terrible thing that, that he allowed. Yeah, that he was allowing these deals, facilitating these deals in a way. Like mm-hmm. maybe, Ooh, and I'm thinking like maybe. Yeah, like maybe he ran into Lester somewhere and was like, you know, I know how you can solve your problem. Mm. Oh, I hope that's true. That's that's an awesome theory. I hope it's true. Yeah, me too. Yeah, as much as I love the Winchesters and they're getting along and everything's hunky dory, and I love the brothers, but when they are super twisted and messed up and wrong, for, I, mm. I really enjoy that for brief amounts of time. Not all the time. But for those mm-hmm. brief amounts of time, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it's this well done, I'm like, I'm okay with it, you know, because it's just so well done. And I love when it's 
Dean versus Sam at the end, and he's and and Sam says those that gorgeous dialogue, you know, because I'm your brother and I'm here to take you home. And ordinarily, that'd be the line that would get through to Dean, who would be about who is doing something stupid and dangerous, and that would get him to understand. And this Dean, this demon Dean, just laughs. He makes fun. He calls Sam a lifetime movie, and it's so and the pup guys. Yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, it's a fantastic. It shows you how I, how there's no there's no dean there. I love it's the double stab. Yeah, it's the double stab for Sam. Like this is this is the guy who just who is barely willing to accept that he has a home, mm-hmm. and then to to have it mocked, to have right. this 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 he finally comes to this, this place in his life and. His own brother throws it back in his face. The one who wanted him to have this home with him, and it's just mm-hmm. glass case of emotions. Glass case of emotions. And I love that it didn't. It didn't rattle Sam. It bothered him, no, but it didn't rattle him enough to lose focus. You know, he's totally clear on that. Totally clear, and I, I love that. Like I said, this was a, a fantastic Sam in this episode and smart and thinking and the handcuffs and the holy water in the middle of the fight with Cole he captures um, this is the kind of sound, I, all summer I have been saying that I really wanted mystery spot Sam and mm-hmm. I'm the conclusion that as much as I love mystery spot one of my favorite episodes and I love that version of Sam I like what they're doing with this where it's the focus of mystery spot Sam without the psychotic break of mystery spot mm-hmm. that he yeah. is willing to stop and think to a degree and he's willing to do really messed up things but he's he's got almost more of a thought process about it than he did in mystery spot and uh, I like real quick tra- um, over in the chat room real quick Chuck Ram has, is reporting that her sound isn't working um, if anyone else is having trouble hearing us you wouldn't be hearing this to begin with, but if you can hear us, if you can hear us, let us know either in the chat room or Twitter or something. Let us know if you can hear us, please. If you can't, don't worry. <laughs> if you can't hear us, raise your hand. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> but if you can hear us, please tweet us or let us know in the chat room or anything. So far, nobody's answering, so it makes me worry nobody can hear us. Ah. Okay, Lana, Lana Bella says she can hear us. Oh, yay. Thank you, Lana. Um, mm-hmm. I do... That's one person we haven't really talked about, one character we haven't really talked about, who, I mean, nobody can deliver a line like Mark Shepard. Um, mm-hmm. And he had some really fun dialogue to play with this this episode. And I love the line. I love the line and the delivery of "It's not me, it's you." That he gives Dean, and I like it for for a lot of reasons. One, it it kind of throws it back in Dean's face that no matter who Dean is, his the issues that he believes he has are still there. It also shows that Crowley knows how to get to Dean. And I love, again, this was an episode of, like, kudos to Jensen Ackles' face. Like, congratulations on your face, sir. 
because every reaction would even, you know, especially the ones without any dialogue to go with them, was so dead on. And that contemplative look that Dean has of no matter what, it's still me. I'm still screwed up. You know, you can have all the, you can have someone take all your cares away and you're still messed up. It doesn't actually solve anything. I liked that a lot. Mm. I I was telling Benny last night, probably my very favorite line reading Jensen has ever done on Supernatural was in this episode. The fight scene with Cole and Dean is probably now in my top three favorite scenes ever of Supernatural. That was such a good scene. Yeah, um, but when Dean says to Cole, um, you know, you said you were going to shoot Sammy in the head. Did you miss? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> that was just the best thing ever. I love that I so much. That and him quoting it's a real, Princess it's Bride. It's a really cool line delivery. It's a really cool line delivery. Mm-hmm. Quotes the Princess it's Bride. Less, it's less I'm bummed that Sam's alive and we're like, oh, sucks to be you that you're a bad shot. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he quotes Princess Bride, and he tells Sam that he's going to tear out his throat with my teeth. And just the way he says it, his tongue goes through his teeth just as he says it, speaking of wonderful line readings and facial gestures and expressions. That was pretty awesome, too, pretty scary. And again, to Sam's credit, he doesn't back down. No, not a flinch at all. Um, Not sure if it was on purpose on, on Andrew Dobbs' part, or if it's just, as we discussed, my obsessive few good men watching that happens. But the line right before he quotes Princess Bride is, is a few good men line where he says, maybe, and I'm just spitballing here. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lot. It, and, and the way Jensen delivers the line is very much how Jack Nicholson delivers it in A Few Good Men. And it really was like, I hope that was on purpose because that makes at least me happy. <laughs> else but I care. <laughs> there's a there's another there's another line in there and it's driving me crazy because I I know I it's it's also prominent in like another movie or or I don't think it's supernatural but it's driving me nuts when he said you should have killed me when you had the chance just the reading it's just the, even the reading is exactly the same and it's driving me crazy I'll think of it eventually I guess yeah oh well. Oh wow! Um. How, how how sad was it? It lets you know how how far gone Dean was when he wasn't even worried about the being poly. It's just a car. Yeah, and that that let Sam know too. Sam is like, yeah, this is not the Dean I know and love. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had linked to a, a gift set on on Tumblr that it was. All the times Dean has referred to, you know, you know, he just doesn't understand this baby. You, you don't you touch my car, I'll kill you. And he's like cuddling her in Blade Runners after she gets keyed. And it was all those scenes. And then it, it cut to the last one of just a car. And I was like, oh, well, when you put it like that, just be, you touch the knife a little deeper, why don't you? And he was so creepy sitting in that back seat. Oh, and yeah. Threat. 
threatening Sam the way he was. Oh my God! That, no, I mean, the face that he gives Sam right after Sam puts the handcuffs on him, and the way mm, he turns and looks yeah. at him—that was chilling. Mm-hmm. There was there. And I don't snarled. know. Can convey yeah how someone can convey that level of hatred in such a brief moment. Mm. And you know, Jensen was phenomenal in uh, My Bloody Valentine, the movie. Yeah, the movie. He was so good and creepy and scary. And Dean in the backseat of the car was reminding me of how creepy he was in My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, because it was it was so good. This almost felt like, now that you mentioned it, yeah, this almost feels like if we would have gotten a My Bloody Valentine sequel. Yes, it did. Very much. Because <laughs> yep. that last, that last, no, that last shot in My Bloody Valentine where you get that shot of Jensen's face and he just, you you watch the, the you watch the, the psychopath come out of his eyes, basically. It was that same <laughs> thing. And when he's sitting in the back just so cold and cavalier. And I like the way they're writing Demon Dean because he's so much like some of my favorite demons, you know, Meg, of course, or one of my favorite ones is Encaged Heat, the demon in the beginning that tells them, um, your 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 lips are moving, but I can't hear a word you're saying. So yeah, love that guy. Yeah, love I that love, guy. I, I love mm. that actor's delivery of it, everything. And it's that same, that really flippant, almost... Almost teenage delinquent, I no respect for authority kind of delivery, and I really like it because I think it's it's very easy to assume that a demon would just, would just be like you know bloodbath, but we've never really seen a demon that's like that. You know the demons. It's kind of like oh, here I go again. It's kind of like when Spike says, you know, uh, if you end the world and there's no more world. So where's the fun mm-hmm. in that? Mm-hmm. Susan, um, on Twitter, Stintastic Asti said, the bad guy in Die Hard said, you should have killed me when you had the chance. And Bruce Willis says, thanks for the advice. That, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always somebody out there that can help. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Oh, oh, and now and I, feel, know, I feel like I should have caught that because, you know, I have a, an unhealthy obsession with Bruce Willis. <laughs> Balth, Balth, on Twitter, Balthazar's Kiss says that in X-Men 2, Magneto also says you should have killed me when you had the chance. Ah, so that's that the one I was thinking of. I think it was that, that one. That would not be mine. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't really, I don't really, I, I don't really. X-Men that's it. That. So, that's it, yes. Because it's like, as he's walking away, he says, you should have me. Okay, thank God. Now I can be at peace. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you'll actually sleep tonight. Yeah, see, I'm a demon yeah. girl, so mar- Marvel stuff goes over my head. <laughs> demon Dean. Just sort of basic demon, demon 101. And Kane could do it. Crowley. When Dean walks up to supposedly kill... Mandy, he uses the door. Mm-hmm. Why? Right? Can't he just pop in and out wherever he wants to? Why would well, he do that? We haven't I mean, seen... I don't know if he has a different, different kind of... Yeah, because... What? And I was talking to Becky about this last night. 
And because I thought there's one when he's fighting with Cole and he does the the heel of the hand with solar plexus kind of thing, which is you know just valid fight move. But it made me think about how many times that you know demons do that move to throw somebody against a, a wall, or we see Crowley just flick his hand to throw someone against a wall, and we've seen mm-hmm. even low level demons do that, and Dean has yet to do that. I don't know. Can he not do that? Can he not operate? <laughs> or is it just one of those? Is it just one of those old habits die hard kind of things? I like wonder. It doesn't, it doesn't occur to him to do those kind of things. Yeah, like it doesn't occur yeah. to him to do those kind of things. It, I just. Yeah, I, it's I, don't like, know. I guess popping it out, <laughs> and I kind of wonder why he's still dressing like Dean. Except it could be the same answer. It's he hasn't really thought about anything different. If I was to turn demon, I don't think my fashion changes would my fashion choices would change. No. I dress, I, I dress the way I want to dress, so I don't see why being a demon would change my my style. Um unless unless becoming a demon comes with a lot of money, then I would be able to afford better clothes. Well that was a fact <laughs> yeah. that was a fact. Like Crowley, you know, king of, the, king of the crossroads got his own tailor. I don't know. And then, and Not then anymore. Minions they all wear suits. Yeah, they, yeah, ate, they, ate, they ate his yeah, tailor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, but I also think another about tailor, it kind of, but... I, like that they, I like that Dean hasn't changed his style very much because one of the issues I had way back in season three with Dream a Little Dream is when he's the demon talking to himself as a demon, and he's telling him, you know, your daddy's a little soldier, blah, 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 because of, you know, daddy's music is your music, daddy's clothes are your clothes. I'm thinking, I don't think John Winchester listened to Metallica or ACDC or Motorhead. And mm-hmm. he doesn't really, aside from the fact that he was wearing his dad's coat, which who hasn't, you know, yeah. appropriated yeah. their parents' clothing and thought vintage cool at some point in their life. But mm-hmm. for the most part, his style was not John's style, um, his way of, he doesn't even maintain the car very well until John tells him to. As much as he loves the car, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't treat her with the love that he does later on until John tells him to. Um, and it's more of a, wow, you have no respect for things. So I like that they didn't change him too much because that was a big problem I had with Dream a Little Dream is that, no, I do feel that the things that Dean does are very Dean. Mm-hmm. So I, don't I, know, I actually enjoy that. Um, you know, uh, you usually have the Buffy Angel references, but now I have one. I just, <laughs> it just made me think. It just, I was just making a lateral move over to Angelus always wearing leather pants. <laughs> you know. Ah, um, uh, yeah. And you know what? Let's be honest. I wouldn't have minded that. <laughs> that would be fine. But <laughs> I, I understand why possibly Dean might not be into it. Mm-hmm. Because he would have never been into it. Where I think that Angelus, I think Angel was always in the leather pants, but as Angel, he feels like he's punishing himself and us by not wearing the clothes that he really wants to wear. And you know what? It was a punishment to me. I love my leather <laughs> pants, so I won't let myself wear them because I'm bad. That's I love right. it. I exactly. Love, well, exactly. I love that Cordy has that one line, and she says, "You know, I wish we had." Um, and jealous because at least leather pants. 
<laughs> that was that was Lauren. That was no, Lauren it was yeah, it was that. Lauren. You're right, it was Lauren. Because that's always been one of my favorite lines. It's like, oh, I love you, Lauren. Yeah, but um, later on, both Cordy, I think both Cordy and and Wes say at the same time because somebody says is expressing their concerns about Angel and maybe going bad, and they both say at the same time, "Is he wearing leather pants?" That's the line <laughs> I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> the person just looks at them like, "Huh?" You know, there it is. Now, but speaking of do, the coat. I have to say, speaking of the code, it was great seeing it in that, you know, mm. scene at the beginning with young with young Cole seeing Dean wearing the coat and the necklace again. Um, yep. I like um, seeing Dean in the coat, you know, shows that, you know, I don't know, all of our listeners may not know, the reason Dean doesn't wear the coat anymore is because the actual one that Jensen wore on the show was stolen at a photo shoot a few years ago, and that's why Dean quit wearing the coat. Um, I don't know if this is the one, but uh, a fan had sent into the studio an, a, another version. You know, it's the same oh, style okay. coat, right? And um, that the um, wardrobe department had, you know, there with them. So I'm assuming it's probably that same one. So I, it was. It's like, can we please have Dean wearing it again now that you know we know you used it in one episode? No, I want the Purgatory <laughs> jacket back. Yes, that was a good jacket too. Purgatory mm. jacket was perfection. I'd gone too soon, man. Yeah. After all the time and work they put into that jacket and Jensen had input and some night pockets and do this and then it was it was gone almost as soon as it came. So this is weird. Um speaking of motorhead Sam's FBI agent name this episode was Lemmy Lemmy Kilmister from Motorhead. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Sam being an FBI agent, my, you know, my mom, she's really not amused by the truck. <laughs> she's like, Who shows up? I blasted their FBI bag with that hair and that truck. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I that's going to be an FBI agent when they pull a plane. The Impala. Yeah. I need to steal a plane, four-door Taurus, you know. Well, but like I told her, <laughs> you seem to have no problem when they pull up in the Impala. She's like, well, that's different. <laughs> like, of course it is. <laughs> that's the Impala. <laughs> yeah. And I like how Sam explained his injured shoulder to the bouncer as hunting accident. And the guy's like, oh, mm-hmm. damn, damn. I like the way the bouncer looks at him like, okay. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you hunting, dude? <laughs> Most. Um, oh, we want to um, give out our call-in numbers. Let's give out call-in chat with us. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. You, you cut out. What? Oh, give out um, our call-in number in case anyone wants to call and chat with us. Yes. Uh, everybody, our guest call-in number is 347-205-9801. This is a pretty amazing episode, so if anybody's got some comments or questions or something they want to discuss for a little bit, uh, call in. That would be great. Okay. Um, oh, I'm um, something. Um, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I don't know if I actually talked about this with you last night, Beck, or if I just, you know, dreamt that I did. So fill me in. Uh, I'm curious with Crowley because we know that Crowley's been manipulating this situation since last year. You know, every move he's made has 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 been calculated to get him to this place. And we know that, you know, he has his he has reasons for wanting Dean to fully embrace and all this, but at the same time, you know, the dialogue and the, the scenes are very much that Crowley is handling this like a breakup. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious because he's he's doing it he's doing it when Dean's there, but he's also you know we get the scene of Lonely Girl playing in the background, which is hilarious. And he's <laughs> looking at his he's looking at his cell phone pictures and everything. So it, it is like did he form an attachment to Dean? And I've always felt that Crowley is in his own obsessive, twisted serial killer kind of way, like air quote in love with the Winchesters. Um, mm-hmm or obsessed with them because, you know, obviously. Yeah. But I love that picture of him and, and Dean in the cowboy hats and the big mugs of beer and everything. <laughs> Just hilarious. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it makes me curious. What is, like, what is, I kind of can't get a feel of what Crowley is doing with all this. Um, I do, and, Okay, so did we talk about that last night, Becky? Did I make that up? We did. Head? We did a little bit. We okay. did a little bit. Yeah. The other thing we talked about last night was um, we both saw some people kind of upset that Sam gave Crowley the first blade, and both of us were like, "No, that's perfectly fine," because without Dean, the blade is useless to Crowley. The smartest thing that Sam and Crowley can do is just keep mm-hmm. it away from Dean. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's useless. It's useless without him. It only has use when it's with him. And I don't see a it, Sam giving it to Crowley doesn't doesn't affect Sam's situation at all, in my opinion. I had yeah, no, I, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I'm the same way. It it protect mm-hmm. it not it not only protects Crowley from getting killed with it. But it protects um, Sam and Dean because, you know, with it, Dean, you know, because we saw Dean getting, you know, crazier and crazier with it last season, it just, you know, keeps giving him more power and more power. So, you know, it's better to keep it away from Dean. And if Crowley has it, you know, they have no idea where it is. So, yeah, I'm totally fine. Crowley's not going to tell them. No. uh -uh. He doesn't want to give them the weapon. The only weapon that can basically kill him, so. (laughs) And at this point, I do feel like Crowley is – Crowley is in the get Dean back to Dean. This is not what I signed up for camp. Yeah. So I don't see him. I mean, I don't think he's going to show up at the bunker and put the blade back in Dean's hand. Yeah. It's kind of like someone who wanted to have a a tiger for a pet and then realized mm -hmm. they were in way over their head because the tiger is a huge wild animal. Yeah. What? I said, and then realized they have a tiger for a pet. Yeah, yes, exactly. Bad idea. It's never yeah. going to well, end I always well. Tell, um, my, best, my best friend always jokes about wanting a polar bear and wanting a pet polar bear. Um, oh, no. I yeah, I did a I did a report on a polar on polar bears when I was like eleven. They are terrifying mm. creatures. They are horrifying. Yes. They are 
evil murderers? No. That's how I always saw that. And she's like, but I want one. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But I will never visit you again. Because <laughs> she'll be dead. <laughs> she would be dead. Yes. Oh, be the end. So I yeah, they're like, horrible. Like Highly Dean, dangerous. Yeah, Dean is Crowley's polar bear. You thought it was a good idea. You thought it was going to be pretty and big and take it, take places and show it off. Turned out it's going to eat your face off. And I I was telling I was telling Vinny about this last night and I I cringed. I just did not like the scenes of showing Crowley is weak. You know, when Dean pushes yeah. him to the ground. And although mm-hmm. I do have to say, I love the actors playing the hench demons, especially the girl. First of all, I love mm-hmm. her. Great hair on that girl. I don't know who she mm-hmm. is, but she's awesome. Uh, but their facial, you know, the faces they they made, you know, is like, you know, it was really good. But also, it's showing the king of hell in a, you know, in a disrespectful manner. And. and Yes, exactly. Well, and, and we talked about, you know, it's one thing for Crowley to pine. It's another thing for him to pine instead of his subordinates, where, you know, his henchmen have to tell him, sir, it's time to move on. Like, you are staring at your phone picture of, you know, what the narrative is mm-hmm. playing the joke of your ex-boyfriend in front of your in front of your employees. No, that's, mm-hmm. no, thank you. And I, yeah. I'm guessing it's still remnants from, you know, the human blood addiction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is you know is why he's acting this way, because he certainly wouldn't have acted that way before the whole human blood thingy. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know, I love Crowley and everything. I want him to be back and be in kick-ass, badass king of hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the badass king of hell back. I don't, yeah. want, I don't, you know, the, the, this in the middle kind of thing. You know, it was fun. It was good <laughs> last year, especially like season eight finale, the scene in the church. That was phenomenal. One of the best scenes yeah. ever with the scene with Crowley and Sam in the church. And and then last year I was really, you know, it was a really interesting storyline. But, and, you know, sure, it's only two episodes in, so I have no idea what they're doing. But right now <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, either having be human or having be a kick-ass demon. You know, the in the middle, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. So, which which goes back to where I where what I was saying about um, not entirely being sure what his motives are, and that that's it falls in the same vein. I'm not sure what you're doing with Crowley. Ergo, I can't figure out how to feel about the characterization right now. Because I can't tell if you're screwing with me or not. Right, and you I know, think, if you take away this, if you I think we have a lonely girl. I think we have a caller. I think we have a caller. Okay. Susan, you want to get get the call? Yep, I tried. <laughs> Hello, Manchester Radio. Hi. Hello. Hello, Winchester Radio. Hello, Winchester hello, Radio. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Can somebody hear me now? We can hear you. Hear you. Hi. What's going on? It's Cliff. It's Cliff, by the way. Hi, Cliff. (laughs) Hey, Cliff. What's going on? What are are we talking about? We're talking about this week's episode. Oh, it was a good one. 
Fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed the pushing down of Crowley and the look on his face when uh, – when Jensen did, when uh, Dean did that, I love that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and push I'm gonna try and push him down here too and see if I can get the same reaction. See what happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we would well, like to say uh, that Winchester Radio does not condone the pushing down yeah. of Mark Shepard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't have a legal blanket. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't have far. He doesn't have far to fall. Anyways, he's so damn short. So, <laughs> he must not be near my. Oh, he's probably he's probably listening, but it's okay. I'll tell him anyways. I'll tell. Him. <laughs> so, how's is your show? Is your show going well this evening? Yeah, yeah. we're having a good time. Are you good? That's good. That's well, awesome. We like this episode. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 really liked it. we really liked it here, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, the fight scene with uh, Jensen and Travis was one of the best things ever. So. Yeah, that was fun. That was uh, that took a that took a lot that took a long time to shoot that one because that was a big fight. Yeah, you could oh, have a lot of choreography. Yeah. It was great. It was all good. All good. We were saying it's nice. It was nice to see the return of badass Sam. And Demon Dean is super, super scary. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> compliments to Jensen we and Jared. <laughs> we, we were hoping we were hoping Demon Dean could hang out for a while. That'd be nice. I'm sure he's awfully creepy. Had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh well, I just I just phoned in to say hello, and that was about it. It's pouring rain and ugly and wet out here today. Where we're shooting, so everybody's soaking wet, but um, we're thinking about you, so I, so I called in to say hi. Well, we're so glad you did, and thank you for calling Thanks, in. Liz. I know um, the 200th party is coming up soon, so you all have a good time at that, and congratulations on 200 episodes. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm, sure we'll have a great, I'm sure we'll have a great time. To everybody, we said hey. I will. Yeah, well, hi for us. And great job on the episode. Thanks for calling. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Cliff. Bye, Cliff. Oh, that was great. Let's talk about Cliff. That was fun. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) It's been been too long. (laughs) We have to get him back for another, you know, five minutes to be a guest. Yes. Yep. I'll get to say hi Cliff in person next week, which will be fun. That's so, right. Oh, at Shycon. It's coming up. Yikes, I'm not ready. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea. It could be worse. I'm pretty sure you're going to pack, you know, sooner than the day before, like me, or the morning of. But I have a feeling you're more, yeah, I have a feeling you're more responsible than I am. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just not that much. You know what? I'm leaving really early in the morning, so if I if I pack right before in the morning, I leave is probably not going to be a good idea. But I'm sure it'll be stuff at the end. And you know, I live in South Florida, and it's still about 80 degrees here. So it's always just a shock when I get to Chicago, and the high is about 50. <laughs> 
<laughs> I the it. first yeah the first Chicago con that there was was in November and uh, mm-hmm. I remember I remember having to buy a coat because living in El Paso I didn't own an actual coat you don't need one here you can buy one if you think it's gonna look pretty but you don't actually need <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And at the time, it was still, like, in the high 70s during the day. So I had to buy a coat. And I, that coat has been worn a total of maybe four times. Yes. Since 2007. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I borrowed a coat for that convention. And then it was the end of November, and I was at O'Hare leaving. And I had some extra time. I was just watching the planes come and go. And I watched, a, a like, a snow band come through and then I watched them like de-ice a plane for the first time in my entire life. I'm like, what the heck is I've never seen that. There? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was really cool, but um, yeah, and it snowed one other time, too. But yeah, I eventually bought a coat. <laughs> I borrowed one for the first like three or four years and yeah, I but I but I dust it off, you know, every every uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine sits in the closet, and whenever I need it, I have to air it out, dry clean <laughs> it, because it's, yeah, it's multi closet. <laughs> but yes, you are always our official Chicago representative. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, looking forward to it. I'm. Uh, I feel bad. That well, and you will have, you will have watched um, we will have watched episode three. So when you guys go, there'll be plenty to talk about at the con. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking looking forward to that special gold panel, you know, for those questions, you know, and then um, actually anytime. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Reichenbach. What else about Reichenbach? <laughs> Back to that. Oh, 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 I, oh I have to mention the scene where after um, Dean kicks Cole's ass and he shows up at a library, and I'm like, why did you know? Why are the librarians letting him touch all the books? Who's all the blood? And Cole is 24 years old. Why does he have a fax machine and why is he going to the library? If you want to find out about the demons, go to the Google machine. <laughs> I can tell you right now, if I was a if I was a master of library sciences and you walked into my library bloody and broken and asked me for all the books on demons, I'm not going to point you to the demonology section. I'm going to call the police. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I understand that. I don't mind him going to the library because it just follows with the fact he has a fax machine. You know, he's just sort of on that hand. Well, maybe, I, he, maybe he doesn't trust the Internet. Maybe he doesn't trust tech, technology. And I, I haven't seen yet, but when he answers the phone, okay. I had put in a line where I was like, I'm surprised he didn't answer Motorola Razor at this point. Like, I just, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Maybe, you know, pulled out one of those big phones from the 80s, you know, those big cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> Pull on Miami Vice style. Yeah, I, I don't... Oh, no, also, I mean, I like the idea the of the book. Hmm? You like the idea of him getting a book? I like the books because 
that is part of the supernatural universe. I mean, Bobby had a house full. Um, uh, the Men of Letters bunker has an entire library, and there are lots. But those of, are books. I think there are lots of library information. I'm sorry. But those are books you can't find at the library. Like you can't go to your local library branch and find the books that Bobby and the and have. No, they're just not. No, but Cole, Cole doesn't have a clue. <laughs> he doesn't know. He's got to start like somewhere. <laughs> so he's obviously starting in the wrong place, and he's probably off to jail, like you said, <laughs> because the library is <laughs> on this crazy person. But yeah, you're very I, I bloody, and you're touching all the books. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to mention because the scene just showing uh, where Castiel is asleep on the couch. One, how sweet did Castiel oh. look sleeping on the couch? That was such a sweet scene. He looked so sweet. Uh, but the couch that he's sleeping on, my mother-in-law had that exact same couch, one with the print with the cow- cabin on it. You know, like, she had that like, back in the 80s, you know, and I'm like, hey, I recognize that couch. That's where that went. It went to Vancouver. Her couch was Vancouver. Oh, that was a scene. Speaking of the scene with him and the little girl was really good as well. So Yes, good. that was adorable. Very, very cute. Me, However... I love you, However, kids. Yes. However, that scene, and I don't, I just don't know what it is about kids sometimes on the show, except they do episodes of creepy kids, and maybe I don't know. But Driver merrily went off to town and showed these two complete strangers into her house. Yeah, go ahead, have some freebie surprise. I'll be back eventually. Never mind, my little daughter's in there. No sign of anybody else. Oh, um, it's like when, it's like when Lisa said, yeah, Dean, come on in. I don't mind that you're drunk and grieving and raging and have a trunk full of weapons. Come in and be with my son, Ben. And, and, the, and the demon mob is after you. Come on in. Yes, please. I, well, <laughs> when we, okay, when we saw the little girl with, with Castiel, it was the next morning, right? Yes, it was. So she may not necessarily have, have been around, but they right. but she still let two strangers into her house. Yeah, well, that part. Yeah. Letting, and, and, you know, Hannah Hannah's even, like, shocked with it. You're so nice, you know. <laughs> Hannah was even a little shocked about that. But, yeah, Although I, I do kinda, like the line I, of that's because I'm a, an axe murderer and that yeah. the humor is completely lost on the angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, too. I like um, that, too. I, but you know what? Maybe she was telling the truth. You know, maybe. And that's why she wasn't afraid. <laughs> I had assumed that the little girl was with the babysitter because she was working. You know, she had went out with mm-hmm. her tow truck to pick them up. Oh, yeah. So I had assumed the kid was with the babysitter. But, you know, we should you know, well, so I don't know. However, there are still two strangers in the house while she goes to town to pick up tires. Exactly. For exactly. hours. <laughs> so, anyway. But I looked in the, the episode credits, and that tow truck driver was named Kim. I wonder if she's named for Kim Rose. That would be fun. You know what? I had not noticed this on the three or four times I watched it, but I, the scene just showed where Sam is standing outside the strip club talking to the bar guy, bar whatever guy. The name mm-hmm. of the club, the name of the club is Angels with a Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had noticed that back when um. Uh, no, maybe not. I don't know. Somehow I already knew that. 
Oh, I think somebody posted pictures. Like, I think, you know, a few fans found that. Uh, and they had posted pictures. So I did not notice that before. Don't we have enough angels in the show? We know that we need the strip club after the angels. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> and they keep calling uh, Sam's know. arm your wing. What happened to your wing? How's that chicken wing? Chicken wing. I'd be happy if we just kept Castiel and Hannah. And we don't really need any more angels. Castiel and Hannah are, in an, oh. are enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you just think that. Thanks over so much. <laughs> I seriously mm. though, I have to say I loved Hannah's outfit with the cut the pants cuffed above the boots and yes it, it's like uh, we have to we have to figure out a way to get her on our podcast uh, Erica Carroll mm. because I am I I really liked her before but for some reason after this episode I now have a girl crush on her or something I don't know I just love well, her I, <laughs> I love the way she's playing she's playing parts that are reminiscent of when we first met Cass, that curiosity yeah. and that confusion mm-hmm. as humanity. But mm-hmm. she's playing it in a way that almost has, where Cass played it more childlike, or Misha played it more childlike with Cass, she's playing it more, almost like in a scholarly way, where she's just absorbing the knowledge. And I I enjoy that, where she's, she's absorbing the knowledge, but she's also taking it and and processing it. So as a result, she picks up human... I feel like she's picking up human nuances much faster than Cass was. And, you know, I'd like for her to come to a convention. Why? You know, she's been in several episodes. She, You know, we, mm-hmm. we've gotten people who have been in, like, you know, Adam Rose, love him. He's a great guy, but he's only in one episode, and he's going to conventions, you know. Mm-hmm. Erica, Carol's been in several. You know, why can't we give her to conventions? I'd love to give mm-hmm. her to conventions. I'll have to suggest it. I'll have to suggest it this weekend. I want her and her bangs to come to a convention. <laughs> I want her and her jeans. I love her those jeans rolled up above the pants. Those jeans are Hannah's, not Erica's. So we can't, we can't assume she's going to wear the jeans. <sighs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and I think she... I wouldn't be opposed to bringing up her jeans for her change into it, but she might be. She might be like, that's weird. That's a little weird. You're strange people. But, um, no, I really I really like the character. At the end of last year, she was a, she was one of the characters that I felt was a real standout character, aside from the main four. Um, mm-hmm. I, she was a standout character for me. And this season so far, I feel like the way her and Misha, the way Erica and Misha are playing off of each other is, I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy the the dynamic, and I enjoy the sincerity that they're playing between each other and and the camaraderie. I just really like it. And I'm I'm interested to see where it's going to go in terms of, you know, with, all the characters on this show, there's always a you know a decision that has to be made at some point, and I'm interested to see what the decision is going to be with them and how it's going to go. Yep, me too. Me too. I really, really like her. And I also and I, like, um, I like her. I like her better this season than I did last season. I thought she was just a little, I don't know, a little too much of like a 
like a Castiel minion follower. I think she found her own place, her own voice this season. I think it's gotten better as time has gone on. I do. And this this past episode is like the most I've liked her ever. I really wonder if, you know, she was, wasn't supposed to be around this long. You know, she originally was just supposed to right. be Castiel Minion. And, you know, her character has become, you know, an important part. And so they've kept her on. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I am not one to ship. The only characters on this show I've ever shipped have been um, Bobby and Sheriff Mills. Love Bobby and Jody. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... It, yeah, well, I love Maxiel too. They're they're hot. They're hot. But the only ones I really, well, really, really, really loved was Bobby and Jody. But I'm telling you, if if Castiel and Hannah keep going like they are, you know, I may have to turn into. I don't know what the, I, you know. I don't know what the problem two is, but <laughs> we have a we have uh, another caller. So Castiel, when you're when you're done, let me know. Oh no, I was gonna say. Uh, um, go ahead. I was going to say really quickly, um, going with that, I'm having this existential crisis. I'm so, like, Team XBL, but I'm like, maybe I'm just Team Cash should make out with people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a valid chip. I I would agree with that. Cash should make out with anybody. That that would be a good chip. I like when Cash makes out with with people with good hair. Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) you can't make out with Cash. (laughs) <laughs> Come over here. We got a place for you with Castiel. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> have our caller on. <laughs> Hello, Winchester Radio. Hi. Hi. Yes, I am. Hi, this is oh, Barbara. Hi. I'm Hi, calling Barbara. in because you're talking about Hannah. Uh-huh. And I didn't I didn't get to catch last week's podcast, so this may have already been discussed, but I'm really intrigued about where the nausea thing is going. We uh, did talk yeah. about it, yes. Yeah, and I'm we, wondering... We had the um, same questions. Yeah, because people... I'm hearing a lot out there in the fandom that there is a pregnancy potential, and I'm just not seeing how that's possible unless there's going to be a second Christ child or something coming onto the show. <laughs> and we did discuss it last week because I said the same thing, you know, why is an angel getting nauseated? And, you know, we were just talking about people had brought up a pregnancy, but Hannah's been an angel for so long at this point in the narrative that she should be showing if the vessel was pregnant. That's true. That's true. So I don't we, think of that. We had a caller last week, though, who had a really good theory. What if it was Nephilim? That, you like that right, because really good you theory. have a Nephilim kink. Or not kink. You this is true. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in Nephilim. This is true. But I don't understand when Hannah would have the time or the inclination to sleep with a male human. That was my, yeah, only, she, that was my only... The only thing that didn't vibe with that for me was I don't see... I don't see where that would have come into play. I have a quick question. Is this our barb? Is this our barb? It is. Corp- <laughs> it is indeed. It's Cobra. No, it, it's Barbara who went, who met you guys at VanCon, and I'm hopefully and I'm planning to um, help you guys with tweeting Burcon. So I'm excited that that's like a month away. We love you. I didn't. We talk to you every day. I did 
did not know this was you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yes, it is. That's a lovely reception. I should call more often. I don't get yays a lot. <laughs> well, we haven't met, but maybe we will someday. <laughs> we haven't met, but maybe someday. <laughs> that will be good. So well, my other question about Hannah. She her own ship. <laughs> so I have another question about Hannah. Okay. So mm-hmm. she was actually, she was acting very maternal on the show in that she gave Cass that really, I think that the Winchesters are a bad influence. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like, what is her history of knowledge of the Winchesters? Because I know, you know, she knows about Cass getting in trouble and she knows about the fall and she knows about all that, but how much does she really know about the brothers? I'm going to tell you what Sam tells Metatron. They're the freaking Winchesters. That's true. <laughs> They're legendary. Why yes, would I question I'm, them? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm of the belief that everyone knows who the Winchesters are above and below. There's the there's the Winchester Gospel, which I'm assuming angels learn in Sunday Bible school or something too. So <laughs> yes. Nice. I totally Bible forgot. School, everybody that. learns about the Winchesters. There's probably a pile of required reading. You know, like over the summer, and it's all the Winchester <laughs> Gospel books. <laughs> book You're going to be meeting up with these back. guys. You're going to be meeting up with these guys many, many times throughout your life. So they never die, although they come to heaven quite often. So read these books. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're going to make everything covers. you do a pain in the ass. They are <laughs> going to be the thorn in your side. Please. Yeah. The yes. co- the question I want to know is also, do they get the shirtless covers on their gospel in heaven? Because <laughs> oh, if question. not, rip off. Rip off good if they question. don't. <laughs> I mean, it's hardly heaven if they don't get the shirtless covers. That's all I'm saying. I agree. It can't be heaven. It's, it's The definition of heaven would have to include shirtless covers. I would shirtless covers. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I have you guys captive, and I'm going to ask one more question. And my question is, whenever they talk to the boys and they always ask them, how should the show end, they always say they got to go out with a, in a blaze of glory, and the only way it could end is if they die. But my thing is, as bummed as I would have been if season two was the end, and I really would have been, of course, tragically bummed, um, at the end of that episode, the implication was, okay, we solved our last our last, you know, big issue, and now we're going to go off and do what needs to be done in the world. Like, why can't they do that? I mean, we don't need to see that they keep going. I mean, I want to see that they keep going, but we don't Mm -hmm. need to see that they keep going at the end of the program to just kind of believe that Sam and Dean are out in the world changing the world. Do you think they just want, like, a cool dramatic scene, or what what do you think? I think, because I've always said I'd be fine with either them dying or, you know, getting a mirror of the pilot of, you know, the trunk signing, we've got work to do, Fade the Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, that's that's, what I and want. then we get a movie after because, yes. Yeah. Um, I hope I they leave it open that, so they can keep going. Yeah, I, but I agree. I have always said that they, they, they view it as a tragedy. And not to compare Sam and Dean to Romeo and Juliet because that's weird, but <laughs> along, the same, <laughs> along the same lines of, it, it kind of does mirror it, where it's like, oh, I thought you were dead, so I'm going to kill myself. Oh, wait, you were just pretending to be dead, and now you're dead, so I'm going to kill myself, too. And now we're both dead. Mm. That's how tragedy is. Yeah. Mm. I, thought, I think I most people... Thought was, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I, I want them I want them to live. I know Jared just wants them to die, but I agree. What's wrong with having them just, you know, going on and keeping on, keeping on? Because personally, when I watch, like, Angel now, I get bummed because, you know, everybody on Angel, if you haven't yeah. watched Angel, sorry, I'm spoiling it for you. But everybody yeah, basically He's not spoiling <laughs> it for yeah. you because there's comics that contradict what she just thinks she's spoiled, so whatever. That's true. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the comics supposed to be canon, whatever. If it's not on they're my not, TV screen, so it's not, not. canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know... Cordelia died, Dunn died, you know, Wesley died. Everybody died. So when I watch it, yeah. all I think about is, you're dead. I can't enjoy you anymore because you're dead. Yeah, fair enough. The, the, the early the years, reason, I have to compartmentalize that eventually, you know, that how, how everything ends. My, my, my hope for a long time for the end of Supernatural was um, just, just Sam and Dean, Dean driving the car, Sam next to him riding shotgun, some, you know, rock and roll on the radio, and they just drive off down the road on their way to the next hunt. They're still out there. They they didn't really stop. We just we just took the right. we took the other curve on the road, and they they went straight, and we curved left, and they're still out there. And then exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I think you know if if they do end it, I think both if then they die. I think Sam and Dean have to die at the same time together because if yeah. one of them is left alive, the other one won't let that, that be. And I think if they, right. they both have to die, and I think that they they die and go off to their version of heaven because if anybody deserves peace and heaven, it's Sam and Dean Winchester. And pretty much everyone they love in their family has died. And if their heaven is to be back with all of those loved ones, I think they would be okay with that, and as much as I would miss it, I would understand why they would be okay with that. And now, like and now here's my thing. Yeah, here's my thing. I feel like I feel like Jared and Jensen, well, they view it as a tragedy. I'm going. I'm not trying to say I know what they think. I'm going by what they said. But they, I think right. they also have implied that Sam and Dean would have earned their retirement in a way, but they don't see Sam and Dean ever being able to retire and be alive. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. retire from hunting, but being a hunter. That right. said, um, I do think that it would have to be kind of like a, you know, dark side of the moon where they die at the same time. You know, they're shot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My thing is, I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, kind of what you said, you know, and they go their own version of heaven, and you know Mary and John are there to embrace them. I think that I think that's cheesy. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to everyone who really wants that. I think it's super cheesy. I need I need an ending where it's ambiguous in some way. Like they die, we know they go to heaven, but that's the end of it. Like we don't know what their heaven looks like because that's theirs. Or oh, I disagree the, completely. We've got to, or we've got the, we've got work to do and drive off, or like you said, just driving down the road and. They take that mm-hmm. road, we go. But I don't want to see this, you know, here's Bobby and John and Mary and Jess and everybody you've ever known here to welcome you to Pearly Gate. I don't want that. That's cheesy. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm with Sandra. Um, I could live with that. I disagree completely. I, if, I don't think if it's cheesy. Depends on, well, on how it's done. And they, I mean, they could certainly nope, handle it. And I think if anybody's earned that reward, it's, it's, Sam and Dean, and I'm I don't want to, like, I don't want a big, crazy thing, but just, sorry? 
Yeah, yeah. no, it, they can imply it, but I don't want to see it. I I think it's cheesy to see it. If, Honestly, if, um, at least Dean and Mary. At least Dean no, and Mary. Like, sorry. if I don't see anybody else, see at least Dean finally Why getting does to Dean see deserve Mary again. Oh, no, they both do. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. And I'm a Sam person, as you guys know. I think they both deserve to see their mother. And I would be very happy with that. I agree with you parading out every character that ever was, mm-hmm. you know, that might yeah. be a bit much, but just them getting their mother back. Um, I don't care about okay. John because I have issues with just John. Just one but, simple okay, little I, moment okay. that I'm you would sort of know that everybody John else was there. Sorry? You yeah, lost me there, Barb. John Winchester, Barb. it's not even funny, so. I was with you, Barb, till you, till you said that about John, then you lost me. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I want John because I want Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Now, that I can agree with because he's fantastic. But I'm, my thing is, is it's I always kind of a... Yeah, I'm not one of those people who thinks John was a horrible father. I'm not one of those people who thinks he was... I, I think he was screwed up. And right. So I, I, I am guilty of being a John apologist. I really am, and... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I just, you know, if they get married, they get John, and if they get John, then they should get Bobby, and then again, we're back at Cheesy, so no. Here's okay. what, if, here's my view on it. I don't want Sam and Dean to die, ever. There's, they're immortal, live on forever. <laughs> but <laughs> if the show decides to kill them off at the end, in the, in a thousand years, when the show ends, I want, I want to be 47 when the show ends. <laughs> Exactly. I want to see Samantha Smith and Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles all together for one final scene. Yeah, I agree. We never got that. Mm -hmm. We never got that. And that is the core core of the show. The Winchester family, that's the core of the show. That's what the show is about. And I would like one scene with that. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be big and overwrought. And fancy, I just nice and simple and quiet, yeah. and it implies a lot. And you can finish it, it out. I, I would not mind that. Though the I only way I will accept the first it if, and live. Yeah, if there is, it's because in my head when people say like, oh, you know, they they see everybody they've ever lost. I just picture this really cheesy, like over white balance, bright light kind of open arms. No, thank you. I will accept. No, I wouldn't have that thought at all. If they just walk into like a random like kitchen or dining room and sit down to dinner, and we just that's where it ends. They all just sit down to family dinner. That's that's what I'm thinking. I like. I want it to be like what is and what should never be. I like kitchen from what is and what should never be. The kitchen from what is and what should never be. That's my 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 personal idea of heaven is, you know, this has always been my theory of how heaven is, is it's one big neighborhood. Everybody you ever loved, you know, lives in the same neighborhood. And so it's not clouds and white, you know, white clouds and harps and, you know, it's it's, a, it's one big neighborhood. And so that's, mm-hmm. what I, that's what I would like to see is, you know, what you just said, a kitchen, them having family dinner together, that's their heaven. Yep. And I would love to see how Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays that because it would be weird to see a John that's no longer tortured. You know what I mean? Like it, he he kind of gave us that a little bit at the end of season two when he was looking at Dean and Sam and just kind of beaming at them, and that was lovely. But I would love to see that scene 
where he's finally got his Mary back too. So I guess I'm going back on what I said and saying that if he were there, <laughs> it would be great to see him finally at peace knowing he's got Mary back because it was always about her for all three of them. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll, 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 if Cass wants to be looking on or something in the background, that's good. Um, but sure, I'm yeah, with you yeah. in that. To me, the whole show has always been about, you know, the the four of them. And somebody else suggested that if they do do the thing where they live and they drive off down the road, which I thought this was amusing. Somebody said that they want Carrie on Wayward Son to come on the radio and have Dean go, God, I hate this song, and turn it off. <laughs> Never know. Mm. I may have just 
I mean, I wasn't at the con where now. he's saying, yeah, where he's saying El Paso. I'm so bitter I wasn't at that con because, hello, Mexican girl from El Paso. Mm. <laughs> so bitter that I wasn't there. So angry. <laughs> he owes yeah. me that song. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I sit in the front row, so it's very close to be able to really hear, you know, really hear all their voices and everything singing. So, but, yeah. And I like, I like, I like him thinking with Rob because it's you can tell they're all having a lot of fun with it. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's a much it's a much different vibe than when everyone just begs Jensen to sing. You can tell where he just kind of shrinks back like, mm-hmm. don't tell me what to do, mm-hmm. damn it, kind of thing. But I like when he's <laughs> just, you know, I'm, I'm on stage with a band. I must sing <laughs> because I'm such yeah. a fool. <laughs> Well, I don't think what happened at, at Torcon will ever happen again because it was such a surprise. It was right at the end. There was hardly any people there. Now, every other convention, people are, will hang and go, hmm, wonder if Jensen's going to come yeah. out and sing. And there'll be like yeah, a thousand yeah. people sitting there till the end. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, we know Jerry can sing since he, you know, uh, is going to be on Jason Mann's Christmas album. So it's like, you know, we're going to get to see him. That would be good. Jared, yeah, come I'm, on, in, I'm interested to hear. Yeah, I'm interested to hear Jared and Misha sing because we the only the closest we've gotten to Jared singing is um, I think it was at yeah it was at DC Con when Jensen said Jared can sing and he did the damn right I can I can't sing by the way so just put that out there. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, hey, that was a nice baritone you got there, bro. <laughs> uh, so I'm and, and I've. Can't think of a time I've ever actually heard Misha seriously sing. That seriously, no. So, he no. does Tibetan throat so, singing, which is not serious yes. at all. <laughs> you know, but but quite difficult in 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 its own right. Yes. Oh yes. Uh, just make. Oh yeah, that throat singing. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, it is a little weird that when when we all agree on an episode, it, I feel like we um. We get it all out really quick. <laughs> there's a, there's not a whole lot of no wait, shut up because you're wrong. Oh, Let me show you how. I do. I do have one thing that I wanted. I do have one thing I wanted to ask y'all about. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Okay, so Cole's dad obviously murdered there in the house. We don't see Dean actually kill it. We just see Dean with a bloody knife. Do we think either one Cole's dad was some kind of monster that Dean had to kill? Or was there something else there that killed De- that killed Cole's dad, and I Dean assume, killed the thing that killed Cole's dad? Yeah, I assume that Dean killed whatever killed Cole's dad for two reasons. One, you hear Cole's dad begging in the beginning, and monsters That's, don't yes. beg. Right. And also, right. what kind of monster is he that Dean would have killed him in that manner? Because, yeah, yeah, that's the thing I was looking at. He's not a man, you know, he, at that time, Dean didn't think vampires existed, so he's not a vampire. And, you know, his head's still attached. <laughs> and, uh, you know. He's not he's, a demon because they didn't have Ruby's knife back then. Right. He's not, not a werewolf. He's not a werewolf because he seems to still not, you know, not have his heart cut out. Um, you know, I, I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, a monster killed his dad and he killed the monster that killed his dad. That's what that's what I assumed because once I realized like there's no way what threw me off was the begging at the beginning. 
then as soon as we saw the body, I was like, um, what could he have possibly killed in that manner at, in 2003? Yeah. Yeah, I um. So someone the one of the one of the crew is if his knife is silver and it's a shapeshifter because he didn't know about shapeshifters. That's the only thing. But I to me, I feel like it's I feel like it was something that went into the house and went after the dad, killed the dad, Dean got it before it got cold. Yeah, it's not really an and answer. But be, one of the one of the crew on Twitter, while well, someone asked about what it, who is. Who is Cole's dad? What was Cole's dad? And he said, "You know, you'll you'll find out, and it's really cool. Hmm. You know, that could be anything, but um, but yeah. So there so there is some more to that. So we we will find out. I uh, it also reminded me of something we talk about quite often. Um, in that, here's another instance of a Winchester blowing into town. Killing, causing something, consequences, and then just leaving, leaving behind this 14-year-old kid to deal with his dead dad on the floor. So it's another instance of sorry, kid, and Dean's gone. No. Well, this is a Dean that we don't know also. Like 2003 Mm -hmm. Dean is somewhere between after-school special Dean and Sam abandoned me Dean. You know, and he's hunting on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, air quote alone for the first time in his life in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So this is a dean that we we're not familiar with. This dean. Nope. Yeah, he looks familiar, I, I would, but we don't know what he's like. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking. I, I'm looking forward to learning more about that storyline because we don't know. This is, you know, like you said, this is when Sam was at Stanford. We don't really know much about Dean during that time. So mm-hmm. I, I really look forward to learning more about that. What I would, and here's, here's something, though. We get so many, comparatively, we've only had really one flashback of Sam that's focused on Sam. They're either focused on both of them or focused on Dean. And I would love to have a flashback of Sam in the Stanford time frame I mean, I, I get that Colin Ford is busy, whatever. He has his own show, blah blah blah. But <laughs> he's the perfect—he's the perfect age to play Stanford Sam right now. And his show is a summer show. It's only you know. Oh, the dome true. is out. You are not happy, Colin Ford. <laughs> he is. He is. He's got the time. They just need you him. have the time to fly to Canada and go be Sam Winchester for a week. Go. Yes. Yes, and he. He still looks, you know, he's got the hair still and everything. They just need to dye it darker, and he would be, he would still make the perfect fan. Yes. Dear Adam Glass, I'm commissioning you to write this episode for me <laughs> because I trust you, because I believe in you, and I trust you to do this for me. Yeah, thank you. And, and if you're busy, <laughs> dear Andrew Dab, who wrote Reichenbach, maybe you could work yes. on it as well. <laughs> Either or both Susan, as well. I know Adam really likes to do um, bro episodes. So, Susan, mm-hmm. when you um, Colin Ford's at the convention next weekend, his very first supernatural convention, you know, yes. maybe ask him, you know, what's the chances we might get to see you back on the show? I will ask. Of course, if he's coming back, he won't tell me. <laughs> He'll sit there and <laughs> lie to my face. <laughs> I know that. True. Um, but that's we okay. have a question on tw- we have a question on Twitter, and it was something I kind of wanted to talk about in a way. It's gonna, I'm going to tangent off of what the question is, but the question is from um, 
HR Zone 2, who has called into our podcast before, and we like him. Um, he makes the very cool custom figures. Love him. Yes, he does the sculptures, and he's just a really cool guy. Uh, he said, do you feel that Cass is coming uh, coming off more human this season than he was last season? I think that he is. Um, I'm going to let you guys answer that, and then I'm going to answer and then go on my tangent. You think it is he more human than when he was human last year? Is that the question? Or yeah, but, you, uh, well, he just said, do, is he coming off more human? Then, like, do you feel he, more humanity from him? Well, despite being an angel again, not a a one yeah, that's great yeah. fading, but he is an he angel. He seems more. He seems more normal, not as awkward as Castiel used to be. Um, whether that relates to the humanity, I'm not sure. Um, he has seemed more human than Angel to me for a long time. So I'm not really sure how to answer. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's oh, he's a far cry from when we first met Cass for sure. I don't know if he's he's really human, but he's he hasn't he hasn't lost a, a, a humanity to his angelic person. That makes any sense. Um, he he sort of he obviously still likes them. It admires, he talks last week about, you know, humans and chaos and that brings about art and hope and love and 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 there are other aspects. So he seems very more more comfortable like with the way he is and humans and maybe he even misses being a human just a, a little bit. It just seems just, I don't know, just a little more subtle than things. I, I don't know. Anyway, my, your turn. My yeah, my answer is more. I'm not sure if he's coming off as more human to me, or that he's coming off as more socialized. Um, okay. Like his under, not so much that he's he's got more humanity per se, but just that he he gets it in a different way now. And there's a difference between being an observer and being a member of. And now he's he's done both. And I think it gives you a perspective and an understanding, which he did, you know, talk about uh, last season in Firstborn, where, you know, he, he gets it now. And so I do, I, I think it's more, not so much that he's being more of a human, but more that he understands humanity better um, than he did before. Mm-hmm. Before it was, you know, it's the difference between, reading about Italy, and then going and living a year in Italy. If so only I could. My, I know, right? I'm going to go on a tangent because before um, before we answered Barb and we were talking about Hannah, one of the things I was going to talk about is one of the things I really like about Hannah is no matter how this plays out, um, I like the idea of Cass having a friend and I'm somebody who has always kind of side-eyed the way the Winchesters treat Cass. I don't feel that they and, – and I like that last season there's that moment where, where Dean says, how are you, and Cass is taken aback and like, you're, you're asking me how I am? Because really I, I feel like on the whole, Cass 
they just assume Cass going to be fine. They kind of just take him for granted, and he's called when he's needed, and not too much care mm-hmm. or attention is taken to where Cass is in something. And so I like the idea of Cass having a friend who is who he's a priority for. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he, I, I like the idea of him being taken care of because I, I've never seen that in the show before. Not in a long-term way, you know, and not in a sincere way. You know, April took care of him last year, but that was not sincere. That was a reaper in disguise. Um, and we haven't seen somebody do that for Cass since Meg did it, you know, that selfless way of taking care of somebody. And I don't feel like I don't feel like Sam and Dean have ever done that for him. And so not since season seven with Meg has Cass had that, and I think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just, I agree. I'm glad Cass has a friend. <laughs> that's just been a friend for Sam. You know, yeah. Dean is hoarding all the friends. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, if Cole and Sam can just get past this whole, you know, torturing thing, you never know, maybe they can become friends. <laughs> and it's going to be weird, you know, eventually Dean's going to be not a demon anymore. And... We're going to have to deal with him if we're right in our theory that he was actually saving Cole. He's going to have to explain that, but then he's still going to have the resentment for what Cole did to Sam. So it's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, because I think um, he may not care right now, but he's going to care. He's going to care once he's insulted. I wonder how much longer we get Dean and Dean. I mean, I think it's going to change sooner than later, and I honestly don't know, but I'm going to miss him more than I thought (laughs) I was going to. (laughs) Um, My theory is, yeah, my theory is he's gone um, within the next two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. If not this one, then the next one. uh, Yeah, my theory is this one. (laughs) upcoming. From the episode synopsis, you know, the CW release, it's on our website. You can go check them out. For uh, episode three and four, it sounds, you know, it gives you the hint that, you know, Dean, Dean and Dean is gone, just regular, back to regular Dean. But the thing is, it's not regular Dean. You can get rid of the demon part, but the mark is still there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what we're going to be, that's going to be the major part of it. That's the main theme of this year is, you know, sure, you know, he's not a demon anymore, but he's still got that mark that he's got to deal with. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, last I year... I feel... Last year, he was, not a, he was not a demon, yet that mark was doing things to him, so... Mm-hmm. And remember, he had special powers last year when he had the mark. When he was yeah. a, a demon, he was able to use Jedi powers and get the... Pull the blade to him. Yet this year we're not seeing any Jedi powers. So I don't you know. are you are inserting canon where no one's going to appreciate that, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, so sorry. Sorry, so sorry, sorry, so sorry, so sorry. <laughs> um, but we've got about fifteen minutes left while we're live, so 
Um, any housekeeping? Uh, I will be um, we'll be posting some more auctions tomorrow for Team Levi's. Some really really cool items. So make sure you watch out for those tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow from work, so I'll be posting those tomorrow. Very cool. Um, let's see. We don't have any T-shirt sales going on right now. No. It was fun having um, our very own collection. <laughs> yeah, from T Fury, that was very cool. That we all um, cool. um oh um USAopoly is um giving us a couple sets of the new supernatural board games that they're gonna be releasing. Uh, supernatural clue and a supernatural Ouija board. Um we've got that information on our website about those and uh we're Probably the week of the 200th episode, we're going to be having a contest to give those away. So, And the uh, 200th episode will be airing the week of November the 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, November November 4th, um, CW is showing the um, very special Supernatural special, I love that title, retrospective again <laughs> on November 4th since that's Election Day. And, you know, they want to make sure the 200th episode gets its maximum amount of viewers, you know, so... They're showing the Definitely. retrospective on the fourth. Yep, and apparently there's a big party going on this weekend for the 200th episode. Right, the, right. CW uh, Brass are up there, and uh, Jason Fisher, I guess they all got jackets, and he posted the nice yeah. tag that came with it. And the word, I mean, it was fantastic to read such huge uh, compliments, you know, for everyone at Supernatural. So I'm, I'm really glad they're getting a lot of recognition for that you know, from the CW, and some, so I'm very, very happy for them. Um, yes, and crew. Oh, and, and, and uh, second week in a row, we maintain um, being the number two show on the network, only behind The Flash. So That's very, very awesome, because The Flash, you know, got a lot of publicity being a new superhero mm-hmm. show. And it's and brand so. new and it's 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 exactly. within the, the current it's within the current um trend genre of being comic book based and so to you know with it with if that if that show was not the brand new show that season would be the number one show on the network. So go for that show. That show in its tenth season, that's just freaking amazing. And like I was telling yeah. my husband the other day, you know, I watch a lot of TV. I don't know if you know this, or not, but I do. <laughs> no. I watch a lot of TV. And Supernatural is seriously the only show that I've watched that has been on the show. And I've watched X-Files, you know, I've watched um, Buffy, Angel, Firefly. Uh, you know, the only, it's the only non, like, procedural show to go on for forever, besides, as my husband had to point out to me, Bonanza. <laughs> but that was, you know, that was a thousand years ago. <laughs> so, you know, I don't really count Bonanza in there because, you know, I said that's about the issue. So it, yeah. it's it's a huge, huge thing because for a show to be put on the phone and to be put, especially to be put in these ratings. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted to give a real quick thank you um to everybody who's been bidding on our Tim Levi auctions, you guys have been rocking it. And, you know, we really, really appreciate everything you do. Uh, Supernatural fandom is truly the most generous group of people in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
if, if there's if you know if somebody needs help, you know, Supernatural Phantom is right there with it. And so far for Team Levi, we've been able to donate three thousand dollars. There's a couple more thousand we've got waiting to donate. We're just waiting for the items to get there, to arrive to the winners before we donate it because we want to make sure they get it there. And um, you know, we've got more options to go. You guys are just amazing and so proud to be a member of this fandom. Supernatural fandom is awesome. Indeed. What she says. <laughs> yep. And all oh, they um if you haven't seen Creation is starting to announce their supernatural conventions for two thousand sixteen already. Um they've announced their first convention for Florida, Jacksonville, Florida in January of two thousand sixteen. So um mm-hmm. all of us here in the southeast we find you know we had a couple conventions in Nashville a few years ago, but now we finally have one in Florida. So get from creation um, anyway, because there was icon creation, a couple of yeah. times. I got yeah, from creation that, that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For, so, which, which is a cool thing yeah. and a good thing. Yeah. Now Jacksonville, so, you know, I hope nobody in Jacksonville um, comes after me. I'm curious why they picked Jacksonville, knowing Jacksonville. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm glad they're in Florida. I'm just a little surprised because there are cities that are bigger, um, uh, like, air flight hubs, you know, or or might have other interesting uh, entertainment to attract fans and guests and whatever, such as Orlando or Miami, something like Jacksonville. Okay, I'm there. Road trip. <laughs> you know, I, it's not that far for me, but definitely... But okay, maybe um, maybe I don't know. No, I'm glad. I'm glad I know it's coming. Anyway, I hate to you know kick a, a look a gift horse in the mouth, but really, <laughs> it's over a year from now. But all three of us have already talked. You know, this is finally a chance for us three to get together in real life. So, um, very excited <laughs> about that. And my husband, you know, like I said, it's over a year from now. My husband may change his mind tomorrow. But right now he's like, he may even come. So I've been dying oh, wow. for him to see what. Yeah, I know. I've been dying for my husband to see what I've been talking about all these years. And then he gets to meet you guys. So and cause Ooh, I, thought yeah. we can drive, I thought we can drive on down to Disney World afterwards. So, you know, he was like, yeah. Oh, yes. you're using bribery. <laughs> oh. So well, Disney's I'm, only you know, a couple hours away. Indeed. Right, right. It's only a couple and hours Disney. away, and other stuff going on so, actually. So I may, um, my husband may get to see the craziness that I've been telling him about all the years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be very cool. That'd be very cool. So I say I won't question Jacksonville too much if it gets all of us together. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, seriously. And like I said, I, it's like a year from now. So talk, to, you know, making plans for a year from now is just crazy to me. But it wouldn't it be awesome to do a live yes. podcast, all three of us together? That would be so cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're right; a lot can happen in a year. But hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to do it. Uh, in the midst of season 11 of Supernatural. <laughs> right. 
season 11 and, of a thousand because it's never going to end. I will not allow it to end. So. <laughs> if, all three of, if all three of us finally meet, then I will be the only one of us who has met everyone in Winchester Bros. This is true. This is true. Because I did Comic-Con with Lisa. So, champion. Susan, have you met Lisa? The Phantom Lisa. Have you met Lisa, Susan? No. No, Me neither. Only only Vinny can prove that she's real. Lisa (laughs) is indeed real and indeed a fantastic human being. I, I... That's my girl, yeah. though. I would like to meet. I would love to meet Lisa. But yeah. Lisa is, for, for anyone out there listening and doesn't know, Lisa is the technical and actual owner of Winchester Bros. And she is our tech guru. She, when things go crazy, all of us Luddites go, go crying to her to fix it. <laughs> well, you know what? She's the founder of Winchester Bros, right? She is the founder. She is. She saw the pilot. Yes, she saw the pilot at Comic Con in August of 2005, and immediately immediately created a website for it. So, so what we got to do now? We've we've got a year to work on it. We've got to talk her into going to the convention in Florida. You know what? She seems to be a Disney fan. Maybe, maybe this this would be something to attract her. Plan for. Lord Lisa and, and Russ to the convention with, you know, you can see Disney World afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's only a couple hours from Jacksonville. Could be there in the, in the morning. Um, it, uh, yeah, because um, Linda Bookdahl lives in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and she. Commu- she commuted to LeakyCon to see yes, if she did, and she she commuted, which which was just I just couldn't take it <laughs> that she was driving, you know, two hours, you know, four hours round trip every day to come to the convention, and just like okay, but she was like, ah, nothing. Those of you who don't know who Linda right. um, is, she is at Bookdoll, and she uh, writes articles for Winchester Family Business, and she's very smart. And, and and very, very smart, and also she's really smart, and she's painfully smart. And, yeah, and I'm kind of intimidated by her because I'm like, I don't know what I'm afraid to talk. <laughs> she also, <laughs> she's uh, yes, she's a, she's a professor, and she teaches um, a fandom studies class at her university. Mm-hmm. So, yes, she is. Yes. She's, she's awesome. But what, what's funny is that I was talking to Robbie Thompson and Linda came up, and Robbie said, "Well, of course, you two know each other." And we went, "No, no. who are you?" <laughs> and and he he introduced us, and it was like, "Of course, I know your name, and of course, I know yours on on Twitter." We didn't know each other's real names, and and we ended up having a really great long conversation about fans and fandom, and we go way back. <laughs> so it was it was yeah, it was really cool. So. I hope she comes to the convention because she's so she's not a con- convention sort of force. So we'll see. But that would be great. Yeah. She's really cool. And, and the uh, idea of Robbie Thompson just thinking that everybody in fandom knows each other. Like, obviously, you know each other. Because I have that syndrome where I go to cons and I don't introduce people that I know to other people that I know because I'm under the impression that everyone knows each other. And then it just makes mm-hmm. me come 
super rude. But I just, I'm under the impression that obviously we all know each other, duh. Mm-hmm. It's like assuming everybody in Hollywood knows each other, you know. Well, of course Brad Pitt knows Jared Pella, you know. Right? So it's just sort of they all know each other, so. But that's okay. Um, shout out to Kat, um, Kat Milan, seven seven seven, the amazing artist. She um said to us, raise his hand for road trip. Okay, see we're we're gathering people for this trip. We're getting more and more. This will be a big party. Everybody listening, yep, yep. meet meet us up with us and Lisa and Kat and my husband and we'll all meet up in Jacksonville in two thousand sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my road God, trip. It's I gonna just... turn into like a bus. Huh? I just remembered something. I'm like, why does Jacksonville, Jacksonville, why do I keep thinking of something sci-fi with Jacksonville? I just remembered on Fringe, that was a big thing on Jacksonville. Um, Olivia on Fringe, that's where she lived when she was a little girl and where um, experiments were done on her was in Jacksonville. Ah, okay. There was an episode titled Jacksonville even on Fringe, so... Oh, I'm glad to get that out. Sorry, that sorry, sorry. That was just me. <laughs> like very glad that I remembered what that was. I have no it's idea. Like, it's like me. Said. It's like me and, and X Men. You should have killed me when you had the chance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. <my God. laughs> and then there's me oh. not knowing what either one of you is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's like backing away from the phone even as we speak. I'm like, um, I have to go watch a few good men now. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> so, yeah, we're only live for about two and a half more minutes. So um, thank you to our callers. We um, had great callers. We had Chris and Barb. Um, yes. Two of, our, two of our very favorite people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we got to discuss a spectacular episode, Rice and Bach, written and thank by you for everyone. Thank you to everyone who tweeted and uh, asked questions and listens to us. Much appreciated. We yes. appreciate everybody who listens and starts battling on and on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm i excited about ShyCon next weekend, but part of me is very bummed that I won't be able to, to discuss next week's episode. Soul Survivors. I I thought about that because you're not going to, I mean, episode three is going to be a big episode. And plus, whoa, that's my dog. Uh, Sorry, everyone. She's nasty. Hey, it's not Uh, Lily for a change. (laughs) I know. Ever since (laughs) I went blind, she's taken to barking. Not sure what the connection with that is, but that's what's happening. Um, It's going to be a big episode plus uh, directed by uh, Jensen Ackles, who, you know, obviously we Mm -hmm. adore. Yes. I mean, don't feel too sorry for me because I'll be and there. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're working on. We're working on. We're working on maybe getting a guest next week. Don't know if it'll work out or not, but we're trying. Schedule committing. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have a really cool guest. So yeah, uh, that'll be it for us tonight. Okay. Thank you, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Play, play us out there, oh. Susan. Yeah, play us I'm out. I'm gonna play us out. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks, and bye. Thanks for listening.
Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.